0: Imagine walking on the face of the earth with a living physical body but a dead spiritual heart. Islamic civilization was the most successful civilization in its multicultural cosmopolitan project. I actually didn't do well at high school because I, I didn't like school. I never liked school. Subhanallah. And here I am. I'm a
1: professor.
2: shaytan <laughs> <laughs> Rahim. Welcome to another Safi Brothers podcast. We would love to welcome an amazing dear brother to us. Sheikh Mohammed Abdullah Also a Professor Sheikh Mohammed Abdullah A Director of the Centre of the Islamic Thought and Education Only holds a PhD in Islamic Studies uh, Was one of the people that started uh, The National Imam Council With Sheikh Shadi Has published five books Mashallah And in many journals and articles uh, Has been given the Order of Australia In 2020 and also, another five community <laughs> awards, <laughs> mashallah, and uh, many, many other things. But uh, may Allah bless you. Uh, he's been a, an amazing uh, voice for the Muslims within Australia and quite an articul- articulate voice for us and uh, full of barakah, And I'd like to yeah. welcome. Professor Muhammad Abdullah We welcome you to the Safi Brothers podcast Assalamu <laughs> <laughs> alaikum
0: Alaikum Jazakallah khair for having me Absolutely wonderful to be with you brothers <laughs> Absolutely. We are ma'sha so honoured to have you yeah, here Allah, It's Allah such a mine.
2: blessing Blessing to have you here Today, um, alhamdulillah We've got you here for your success story And uh, inshallah just to give our viewers uh, Just uh, an understanding mm-hmm. Of who you are and what you do Allah, I'd love for you to answer a question Little Brilliant. question, inshallah, and uh, can you tell us um, what is it that you do, and why do you do it?
0: Bismillah alhamdulillah salatu salamu ala rasulillah amma ba Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Uh, Absolutely uh, a pleasure to be with you. Allah and uh, Jazakumullah here for the amazing work that you are doing through these podcasts. Obviously, a lot of people's lives have changed and transformed, alhamdulillah, which alhamdulillah. links to what I do. So what I do is, uh, in a nutshell, I do education at the university level, but also community level. The aim of that, first and foremost, is the pleasure of Allah Azza Uh, Secondly, is trying to transform people's lives, uh, especially young Muslims lives. So I am currently a full time professor uh, of Islamic studies at the University of South Australia. In 2016, I was invited by the vice chancellor of the University of South Australia to establish what is now called the Center for Islamic Thought and Education, where we uh, explore issues to do with uh, education, Islamic thought, we work a lot with Islamic schools and with teacher training programs. Uh, in addition to that, I work ec- extensively with community at the masjid level, with young people and so forth, because that is the core uh, value of, of what I do. Allah, Allah. Allah. Allah bless
2: all, all your work and Amen. every first step you take uh in our community and mashallah you're doing amazing and we we hold our head up high with you Stah and ala. we are we are we are so blessed to have you in our community oh, and yeah. and and as 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 i remember going back uh remember i remember first thing on q a but inshallah yeah, we'll we'll, yeah. Get, we'll go we'll go back to that yeah, inshallah i think
3: i think i think majority of the community was uh, <laughs> was, was probably got to know you yeah, through got Q&A. The to see you yeah, well, we'll but
2: we'll start inshallah i think with you yourself uh, uh as a young yeah. chap uh in uh, Queensland or, da- or Brisbane, was it where you started? Well, I started oh. in Sydney, actually. You started in Sydney. Yeah, oh, there you go. go so, subhanAllah. Take us take but, us, But take with. us back yeah, from I'll where be. your horiz-
3: origins are. And sure. How did how, you end up in Down Under? That's that's, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's important. <clears throat> that's important, inshallah.
0: Well, uh, I am of Palestinian background. And you know the story Palestinians. They are like nomads, unfortunately, <laughs> because of the occupation of Palestine. So my father was a very successful person in Jordan. We grew up in Jordan. I was born in Libya, but of Palestinian background and 35 years in Australia. So mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in a good way. Uh, uh, my father actually is a martial artist. Wow. Hello. He is a karate specialist, a black belt, eighth dan. Wow. And, uh, which, which style? shotorai, full contact, Japanese, full contact. Uh, he had 3,000 students in Jordan. They used to call it the Second Army of Jordan. Wow. Uh, and I, uh, myself and my eldest brother, also trained. So don't be fooled by appearance. <laughs> we, uh, we are
3: black
2: belts. So, uh, <laughs> Mashallah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how much discipline? Because what myself, I, I go back to martial arts myself. It's amazing how much discipline it gives you.
0: Well, that's the whole thing about martial arts. It's about discipline. And until, modern, until the modern time, martial arts was always linked to a, a sacred tradition. Even Kung Fu, if you look, it's always the monks who did the Kung Fu in the hills because it that's always right. had a sacred uh, uh, meaning behind it. But uh, the modern world made it into a profit-making, bashing, beating the other person. <laughs> when it's supposed to be, and that's my father always said. It's about giving you that discipline, which is linked to Islam, of course, yeah. the discipline. Allah. So uh, things uh, in, in the early 1970s, uh, my father went to Libya for work. And he was doing well there also. That's when I wa- where I was born. The only one of my siblings born in Libya. Uh, things went bad for Palestinians in Libya with the rise of Gaddafi. So he had to escape Libya. Wow. And we had to escape with him. There was my eldest brother, Nasser and I. Uh, that's when he came to Australia, actually. It was easy to come to Australia in the 70s. Yes, they pay you money to come to <laughs> Australia then, right? <laughs> Subhanallah. Uh, he came to Brisbane initially, stayed a few years, and then decided, no. Nope, we're going to go back to Jordan because I want to give my children a, 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 not so much an Islamic upbringing because he was more of a nationalist, you know, a Watani, oh. but to give them those values yes. and the language. And mm. Alhamdulillah, he did. We went there and then uh, he established very strong businesses in martial arts. Uh, it was the largest, he had the largest martial art clubs in the Middle East. Wow. But then again, things, uh, politics came in, in, in between. Uh, so he had to leave Jordan. And two years later, we migrated to Australia. So twenty six, two, uh, 1985, end of 1985, migrated to Australia, Sydney. I was 16 years old. Wow, wow 16. Ready to eat up the world. <laughs> <laughs> and do what
2: every young man wants to do, right? SubhanAllah. <laughs> SubhanAllah. So you were so 16, you yeah. came to
0: starting high school. High school. I always say to our young brothers, I wasn't born with a bead and a, a topi. You know, I, we came as a young sixteen-year-old. Uh, that would have uh, been a clash of. It was off. massive clash, and it's interesting because as a sixteen-year-old young man, I've come with all these aspirations. They were none. None of them were good aspirations. <laughs> you know, you want to explore life. Yeah. yeah. And so we couldn't speak a word of English when we came, of course, and we went to Sydney. Uh, my father t- took us to Bonarig High School. Wow. My eldest brother and I put us in high school and we couldn't speak English. So Allah. after a week, they said to my father, they need to go and learn English. Yeah. Right. Wow. So then we went to Liverpool Miller High School and they had an English intensive language unit. Within six months, we picked it up. Six months? Picked up the language, yeah. Subhanallah. Wow. Yeah. So how was that? How was that transition from coming from... a Excited! it was exciting. It was very exciting for a young man, you know, to uh, come and uh, wow, it's all, wow, you know, Australia is it. You know, everybody wants to move to the West. Everybody wants to come to Australia. And uh, Dean wasn't in the picture. When we came to Australia, the only person in the family who was praying Salah was my mom. My father left Philistine when he was nine years old, when his mom died. So he had to fare for himself. And uh, did not do salah uh, all those years. (laughs) Identified as Muslim. Yes, yes. Uh, I had two sisters, three other brothers, so we're four brothers, two sisters. Inshallah, it's a big family. Yeah, Dean wasn't on the, Dean wasn't in the picture. We were what you call nominal Muslims. Yes. Yes. You're born Muslim, it's cultural. Just didn't eat bacon and <laughs> and, and, and the Ramadan one hundred percent. Exactly. And the <laughs> meat you just buy any meat. <laughs> as long as it's not, it's kanzeel, exactly. it's not, it's not as long as it's <laughs> not pork yeah. Subhanallah, yeah. Subhanallah. Yeah. Allah So Allah. so did high school, and of course in high school you're exposed to everything. Now I recall when I, in one of those high schools in Sydney, uh, I was very naive, of course, you can imagine. And I, but now I know what they were trying to sell me at one of the high schools. White powder. Wow. Wow. But Allah saved us. And I always look back and say, had it, had it had not Allah saved us, we would have gone completely the wrong way. Subhanallah, not right. amazing. Yeah. What, what do you what
3: do you take back to? Because Subhanallah, I, I, I said Ahmed. The only thing I can go back to why Allah subhanahu wa taala guided us was our mum constant, okay. constant du'a. Mom's prayer, constant prayer, constant yeah. saying ya Allah. The yeah. Yeah, I think I think that for us anyway. Absolutely.
0: There is no doubt, you know, it could be my mom's dua, most definitely our mom's the, the, the feeling that a mother has toward her child. You can never explain or comprehend. But it could also be the dua of somebody else that we don't know. Maybe a grandfather or a grandmother or an uncle. I remember when we were leaving Jordan as a, as a young 16-year-old man, boy, really, my grandmother, my mother's mother, who was illiterate, Right. She said to me, she says, uh, Muhammad, you're going to Australia where these, they hmm. they have this game where they're like, you know, the the bulls, they play like <laughs> bulls there, you know. So don't play that game. But look, she said, there, there there, aren't many masjids there. How does she know? I don't know. Wow. And you should become an imam when you get there. Allah. Allahu akbar. Subhanallah. How, how, how old were you then? 16 Wow. As we were leaving And I sort of looked at her and said Yeah, seriously <laughs> <laughs> But then but Islam wasn't even in the picture then No Allahu uh, akbar. But then uh, Then when Allah Ta'ala gave us a tawfiq to, to do what we're doing now You realize Maybe it was her dua wow. But dua yeah. is very powerful And that's and why percent. I say to Anyone who's Allahu listening akbar. The mothers and the fathers who are listening Or the young people Never, ever underestimate the power of du'a. Amen, I amen, yeah. I I mean. yeah, so yeah. when we came to Australia, you know, you uh, obviously Islam wasn't so prominent at the time. You're at a high school, you have a lot of non-Muslim friends, a lot of girls around you, you know, a young, tall, dark man. <laughs> yes. And uh, the temptation of wanting to go out with a girl was always there. Oh, wow. The I temptation mean. of wanting to have a girlfriend behind your father's back yeah, because my father though wasn't religious but my father all he had to do is look at you i mean he's eight dan black belt right? <laughs> <laughs> right doesn't need much and he doesn't he's never raised his hand on us because he always he's a lethal weapon Mashallah. right but he looks at you so we were so aside stuff for allah it wasn't the fear of allah that stopped us it was the fear of my father <laughs> wow. wow yeah Isn't that amazing uh, right but again, uh, I could say to any young person who's listening, though the temptation was there to do those things, I didn't. Allah Ta'ala saved us. But also because uh, when you have, and that's why nobody should underestimate the value and the importance of key principles that your parents instill in you. 100%. Yeah. You may not realize them now, but they come to your rescue when needed. Amen. And so there were those values that though the nafs, wanted to go oh, and yeah. do the wrong thing but we were always pulled back and alhamdulillah i could say safely despite the fact i grew up as a young man here and i could have done everything wrong and the op- in fact if there was anyone in my family that was going to go off the track it would have been me wow you're the second child yeah i'm the second child yeah but yeah. we alhamdulillah never did uh, never drank alcohol never did drugs never smoked in my life never went to pubs or clubs and i could always say that was allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saving us for something much better Subhanallah. yeah so Subhanallah. you finished year 12. finish year 11 and 12 and in fact to as a disclosure so young people who are listening don't feel that if you don't do well at school that's it i actually didn't do well at high school because i i didn't like school i never liked school Subhanallah. and here i am i'm a professor <laughs> at the university. Subhanallah. i never liked school i also you know school was just for fun, wow. And so I remember when I finished uh, year eleven and twelve, my marks, in fact, weren't good enough to go to university, wow. Because I never cared, and that's important because sometimes unless you have passion for something and you a drive for it, you know, a vision, yeah. So then I w- then we moved to Queensland. We stayed three years in Sydney and alhamdulillah we moved to Queensland. What was the sort of the gateway for Queensland? What was the reason? Uh two things. My father initially when he was in Australia in the seventies, he was in Queensland. He opened one of the earliest martial art clubs in Brisbane in West End in the seventies. Oh well, so dad came in and in... Yeah, pray yeah, the prey, yeah. So then he decided to come back for business, but also Sydney was too complex and there was a lot of Possibilities of going off track. Oh, wow. Yeah. Still, even three years in Sydney, I never went to a masjid. Wow. That. Can you believe
2: that? That's that. You do, you're purely driven by ethics 100%. And, and fear of dad. At
0: the time, yeah. I think more wow. aside from ethics, I think it's fear <laughs> of dad. <laughs> yeah, because, well, you well, know, well. you got that. And I always say to parents whose ch- children so might go off track, I say, just have hope and know that there is. A good seed there. Yes, mm-hmm. you just need to water it. I mean. You know the seed. They don't never close the door on them. Amen. I you know the seed is there. It'll grow. It'll come back. And the same thing. That's what happened with us. So uh, we moved to Brisbane, and I had to repeat year eleven and twelve, just wow. in one year, wow. just to just to get those marks. Because you know how it is, as migrant communities, your father wants you to be either a doctor <laughs> or, engineer, <laughs> or a lawyer. <laughs> or engineer. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, every single person I think
3: we've <laughs>
2: interviewed has, has made that comment so <laughs> yeah. far. So, know, like, it's, it's so profound, that, that,
0: that <laughs> comment. Know, everyone says that. So my eldest brother ended up being civil engineer, uh, so construction father. manager. I said, what do I do with my life? And purely my father initially wanted me to do international law. To defend the Palestinian cause. Allah. Allah. I didn't make it for that. So I made it to uh, engineering, uh, a microelectronic engineering degree, which was the first in Australia at the time. We were the only 60 students to do the microelectronic engineering. So it's the building and the programming with the silicon chip. I was uh, the only oh, Muslim. Wow.
2: Did you do some wire wrapping?
0: Yeah, all of that. The, that so, stuff, the, the early stuff. I mean, it would have been dangerous post 9 11 to be doing that. So, Subhanallah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah but uh, I did two years of that <clears throat> I was the only Muslim. after the first year 30, 30 students dropped out. La uh, I, I hung on. I did two years of microelectronic engineering but it, during the same time this is when the first Gulf War happened. Mm. As a Palestinian we have in our blood activism. So I was an activist. So early when I was 19 maybe and because of my my English was better was good. Uh, I started off uh, fighting for the Palestinian cause with my eldest brother. So my father would take us to different places. Like in in Brisbane, there was a a club called the Irish Club. Oh, wow. You know, the Irish are very pro-Palestinian. Yes, yes. Yes. And we would go there. And as a 19-year-old, I'll stand there and give a talk about the Palestinian cause and this and that, and then take part in rallies and demonstrations. And so, in, in a way, that sort of shaped my public speaking ability. Then when the prospect of the first Gulf War and uh, the American, it's the coalition, were going to invade Iraq, if you recall, 1991. Yes. Subhanallah, yeah. Uh, I was about 20, and we formed in Queensland the Gulf Action Coalition to try to stop the war. Uh, I was representing the community at the time, not at the Islamic level, but at the national political level. Wow. How old were you then? 20. 20. Uh, So we held some some of the largest rallies in Queensland. Uh, I recall sometimes standing and speaking in front of 10,000, 20,000 people. Allahu Akbar. Uh, Anti-imperialism, anti-Americanization, anti-the war. Uh, And that sort of was shaping me also in a way. Exposed me to politics, it exposed me to media. Uh, uh, When the war happened, and if you, if anyone recalls, there were millions of people rallying in the Western world and the other parts of the world to, because they knew this was yeah, an man. immoral, illegal war. Yes, but then the war happened. I had just finished my second year university. The war happened, started and the disaster that came on Iraq. Uh, Madeleine Albright, who was the Secretary uh, State. State Secretary of the USA at the yes. time, on 60 Minutes live. 60 that, Minutes. You remember so that? Well, man. When she was asked, "Was the death Wolf. of half a million Iraqi children worth it?" Yeah. She said yes. She said yes. Allah Akbar. Uh, and that as I, so man, profound. yeah, that
2: was so profound for me.
0: As a young man, I'm watching this. Where, where are your? Where are? Where is democracy? Where is the claims of uh, liberal values yeah. and human rights? that no, was that was so, that profound, was so profound for, for me to, for me too yeah uh when the war happened i was in a crisis uh, it was a serious identity crisis you know which many young people face today for different <laughs> Visitors, reasons yes. not before this yes yeah. yes I... right and so i recall sitting and the closest message when i was in brisbane the closest message to us was like maybe 40 minutes to one hour away wow so, Yeah, so we weren't connected to the masjid, we weren't connected to the community except in in this way, in the activism. Activism. Uh, But then a a moment comes in a person's life when they need to make serious muhasaba, we call it, you know, Mm. introspection and realign your life and you better take, make the right decisions because whatever decisions you make as a young man is going to have a huge impact on everything you do eventually. Uh, sitting there, two and a half, two years into engineering, finished that. It was summer holiday. I didn't like engineering by then. I wanted to give up university. So many, so many of our youth get to that point. Yeah. You know, it's amazing.
2: Because yeah. we even speaking to Dr. Hamar when we interviewed him. SubhanAllah, he was, he was doing He know, was also, yeah. I mean, he's doing his degree right. and he didn't want to do it.
3: He, because he was praising his mum or dad. <laughs> that's
2: it. I'm in mean, uni, the, yeah, you know, in the conversation they want to do. You know what I mean? my sons in university. SubhanAllah, he got the advice uh, to not give up and just yeah. finish that and then take the next road. SubhanAllah. Yeah.
0: And that's what happened with me. So uh, I, I decided I don't want to continue university. No, so before that, I was sitting at home. I remember the moment. I was painting the the gate outside gate of our house my father was travelling overseas because this is all allah's planning because if my father was there i don't think i would have gone down the path of the islamic route wow Allah. Not that he was opposed, but because our fathers that age grew up in a hostile political environment in the Middle East yeah. where Islam was always associated with politics. Yes. Mm. And they were frightened for us to be involved in any Islamic movement. And Allah, Allah. Yeah, so he was overseas. Same, right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling that day, I was painting the, the outside gate, and I had a feeling somebody's going to visit me today, somebody important. Allah. But in my mind, I thought it was the imam of the masjid. But it was the brothers from the Tabligh Jamaat, the Dawah brothers. And they had with them an Australian convert, white, blue eyes. I, uh, his name is Abdul Hadi. If he's listening, Jazallah khair. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> uh, uh, he, com- he comes with the brothers, knocks on the door. And I open and I see this guy. Say, wow, this white fella. You know, <laughs> he's coming to talk to me about Islam, right? <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what he was saying or what they were saying. I was just like, oh, you know, this is awesome. Mesmerized right? <laughs> And he said, you know, why don't you come to the Masjid, Holland Park Mosque in Brisbane and give. He always would write the address and that address looks like chicken scribble. <laughs> and we'd say, yes, 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 but we never went. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah. So, but that day, because of the war just had finished, the war just started. You feel emptiness. You feel a sense of loss of purpose. Uh, you questioning uh, the West's claim of... Democracy. Democracy and their so-called fights for human rights. So it's a very vulnerable moment. And many young people nowadays who are going through an identity crisis, they have that vulnerability which can make them susceptible to anything. I mean, right. I mean, yeah. And... My advice to them is uh, make sure that you uh, uh, place yourself in an environment that can positively harness that one vulnerability. Because it's that it void, be, isn't it? There's a void there yeah. and it
2: can be easily filled. And whatever yes. environment you're in will fill that void accordingly, subhanAllah.
1: So,
0: so they came that day when I was painting the, 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 uh, the gate and they said, you know, we have brothers here from Saudi, they're visiting. And we are going to go up north, Queensland. Why don't you join us? I had no idea what they were talking about. I had <laughs> absolutely no idea what they want. I had absolutely n- nothing. It just in my heart, said, okay, I'm coming.
2: Wow. SubhanAllah. What, what, what was it that sort of said, you know, what, yes? What was it in you that said, you know, I'll take a chance?
0: Because I, I, I felt there's nothing else to do. Nothing else better. Allah. It's interesting because my mother and brother, eldest brother, were in the, in the backyard speaking to the neighbor a non-Muslim neighbor who came to help fix the gutter. Uh, because maybe had they been inside, they would, they would have said, no, you're not going. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. subhanallah. So the brothers said, uh, they said, we'll come and pick you up after Asr. No, they said, when should we come and pick you up? I said, come after Asr. But they came an hour later. They didn't want to, you know, they caught a fish, you know, they don't want to <laughs> let it go. And anyway, and I, I went with them. I sat in that uh, minibus, there's about eight of them. The driver was from Melbourne, uh, Brother Idris, who's still, who's still in Melbourne, Jazallah uh, Khair. Uh, but something, I was sitting by the uh, the window and the the leader of the group was from Saudi sitting next to me, Shaykh Faisal Qurashi. So I'm a young man, 20 years old, almost 21. <clears throat> I haven't touched the Quran maybe since I came to Australia. Oh. Uh, I can read Arabic because I came with a foundation. And I could hear this person reading the Quran, the other person making du'a and crying, and these they, the love they show to, to among each other, the ikram, the generosity, the kindness. And I said, "Where am I?" Subhanallah. So then I said to Sheikh Quraishi, face of "Can I have a Quran? I'd like to read the Quran." Allah. So he said, "Yeah, of course, here." Yeah. I opened the Quran. And, I, and they're driving on the highway. And I opened the Quran and I started reading. And it's like, what is this? How come, you know? And yeah. there was a moment there. I remember. And I always say it was, I was, it's like driving at 100 k's per hour. And I hit a brick wall. Wow. And there was, and I could feel in my heart. I could feel that sparkle. It may have been an iota of Allah's yeah. rahmah. No.
2: Allah.
0: And suddenly it's like I could see And the first thing that I started worrying about Oh my God, I haven't been making my salah My sisters are not wearing hijab Nobody else is making salah at home Oh, this is, this is And I became perturbed Wow, About the prospect that there is no deen in our life wow. Nobody forced it, it So was you were just, overwhelmed with thoughts? Absolutely, to the point that the sheikh next to me he put his hand on my, my leg and he says, it's all right. I know what you're going through. He said, I went through the same. <laughs> S- S- Allah. Allah. And later he told me when he went to study in the USA, he said, I used to drive convert- convertible cars, wear leather jackets and have big golden chains <laughs> around my neck. <laughs> and so he said when he got that moment of Hidayah, the same feeling. Subhanallah. And that was for me that I never turned back since that moment. Allah Akbar. So that was the spark that lit that the fire. It's still
2: there. Allah, Allah. Allah keep that fire burning Ameen. forever, inshallah. Allahumma barik, Allahumma so barik, Allah. Allah. Amazing story. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Pleasure. Allah. Pleasure. Allah. pleasure. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got that, subhanAllah, where that light bulb moment yeah. that happens within us, that changes. And
3: like you said, it feels like you didn't see before, you didn't yeah. hear. It's amazing, you know, is that someone uh, booked on no, no, book? your yeah. <laughs> phone. Subhanallah, it's like you were death, dumb, blind. Yeah. It's like it's, it feels like you were like for me. Like I remember walking down Sydney Road, and it was a different Sydney Road. Subhanallah, you, know, you, you feel that like am I? In, you know, it's like a parallel yeah. life that's just changed.
0: And this is a very important point to raise here, especially for our listeners, uh, the young people who are bewildered by the modern capitalist, secular, (laughs) neoliberal world that we live in, where they feel somehow that success lies in that. And they feel somehow, that the only way to advance and progress, so to speak, in inverted commas, is to go down that path. And of course, we don't say Uh, Give up all of that Of course not What Islam does Beautifully Is that allows us To beautify Whatever we do Amen Amen. And And I always say To young Muslims What Islam Has done historically And very very successfully And I encourage All the listeners Especially the young Brothers and sisters To go and dig deep And find out about Islamic civilization Amen Islamic civilization Was the most Successful civilization In its multicultural Cosmopolitan project Amen. in fact uh, as professor wael hallaq who is a professor at columbia university a, f- a leading scholar uh, in, in 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 the field of uh, islamic law history of islamic law islamic civilization and he has critiqued modernity he says if you study islamic and he's not of a muslim background uh, palestinian christian he said if you sl- study islamic civilization and multiculturalism In the islamic civilization you'd realize that multiculturalism in the west is a joke wow so my point to young brothers and sisters is that don't feel that islam will hold you back what islam does is actually facilitates your life to a wholesome living that's a very important point. Often people feel because their wrong understanding of Islam is that it's going to shackle them. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. 100%. No, no, Islam actually gives you true freedom. And because the truest of all freedoms is to be liberated of your own nafs yes. and Amen. the dictates of society. Amen. 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 Then you'll fly like an Amen. eagle. Amen. Amen. Right? And then what Islam has always done is beautify cultures, and allows you as a young man to take that, or woman to take that which is beautiful, useful, and merely harmless, make it part of who you are. So it creates that positive mindset, and this is is the veil that lifts off your eyes, is because what Islam does is gives you the most important and the most valuable thing that all humans need and that is connection with their maker yes. Allah Azza wa without that you will never ever Ameen, Ameen. feel like a human being Ameen. empty,
3: Ameen, empty Ameen, vessel Ameen, Ameen, without Ameen.
2: that Ameen. SubhanAllah, Allahumma
3: baarifik. SubhanAllah, I want to touch base Ameen. on that That everyone's chasing that eternal happiness, everyone and they, they do it f- with materialistics,
0: with money and the only thing that can fill that void is, is what you just mentioned Ameen. SubhanAllah I met a convert brother recently, and there's many of them converting. So in our Masjid in the last two months, at least 10 people, right? Allah those, and Akbar. they're all young. One of them, if you don't mind me sharing the story, because it's, it touches on this, right? His name is Justin, and he might be listening. He wouldn't, he wouldn't mind because <laughs> Justin comes in, you know, tattoos everywhere, etc. except the face, alhamdulillah, no tattoos in the face. <laughs> he he decides to become Muslim. He takes shahada after Jum'a Salah, alhamdulillah. I take him to have you know, that's what you do when somebody converts, you take him to eat kebab, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So
1: approval. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: let's go and have kebab. So we went to have the kebab and his other friend Amir who converted to Islam twenty years before him. Amir oh, okay. was his neighbor. Wow. Twenty years later, Justin feels there is a void. So he looks for Amir. He finds him on Facebook. So, he connects his yeah. text shahada. My son is sitting, Abdul Jalil, Amir. Justin and myself, we just ate the kebab. Justin says, do I need to change my name? No. Amir says, does he need to change his name from Justin? I said, no, he doesn't. Islamically, you don't need to change the name unless unless the name has a bad meaning. Hmm. Like a man came to Rasulullah صلى الله عليه He said, "What's your name?" He said, "Sharr."
1: <laughs>
0: evil. He said, "No, no. You're Khair. You're good.
1: You're not evil. So you're good." <laughs>
0: Subhanallah. Allah, so, Allah akbar. Imagine naming that Sharr. Allah, akbar. Allah, Arabs, Allah, Allah Arabs, akbar. You know, the, Allah, Allah so, akbar. So um, Amir says, "Does he need to change his name?" I said, "No." So there was pause. Justin says, "But I do want to change my name." I said, "Oh, really? What name are you thinking of?" He said, "I've been researching it." Oh, wow. Now, wow. I thought, oh, okay. I said, what name do you want? Have you chosen? He said, Saeed Shaker. Now I'm thinking, is that a football player, basketball <laughs> player? Maybe I thought Muhammad Ali, it's going to be Muhammad Ali or Abu Bakr or Omar, you know? I said, Saeed Shaker. Why? He says, because I found out the meaning. Wow. He said, what's the meaning? He said, Saeed is happy, and I'm happy now, and Shaker you know, and I'm grateful to Allah, Allah for, for giving me this opportunity. Gratitude. Allah Fast forward a few months in the last Eid, we had him for lunch at home. And I couldn't help but notice he had tattooed on his knuckles, live life. SubhanAllah. So I said, to Brother Saeed, uh, you, I noticed you have live life on your knuckles. He said, yes, because that's what I thought I was doing, living life. No. And I tried everything, but I realized it never filled that vacuum that you were talking about. This is only <laughs> when I found my purpose, and my purpose was linking to my Creator. Allahu that's when it was filled. Amen. That that's vessel. true.
3: Subhanallah. Only Allah can fill that vessel. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs>
2: Amazing. He <laughs> well, <Allahumma about> <laughs> So okay, so now we in Brisbane. <laughs> we're in Brisbane.
0: We've uh, Dan's got school there still. No, my father came. He did not uh, work as a martial artist in, in Brisbane. He opened a fruit shop, because you know the life of, of a migrant is difficult. Yes. yes, and many of young people don't realize that that their parents actually struggle to get them to where they are. A lot of sacrifices. So Brisbane, we. Uh, I I was going to give up university when I started practicing. Dean, now, how was that struggle? Dad's come back now. You've come, you've come back with full of Noor. When my father came back, the house was already revolutionized. <laughs> <laughs> well, now everybody was doing Salah, so I didn't force it. I'd come home, and we were far away from the masjid. So I'd call the Adhan, and I'd do my Salah. My mother would join me. And then after the Salah, after Maghrib, I would open Riyadh al Imam, the Hadith collection of Imam Nawawi. And I would read a hadith, loud. And slowly my sisters and brothers would come and sit. How old were they? Uh, So my eldest brother, as I said, a year and a half older than I am. Then the two others, Ashraf is a few years younger than I am. Then Anas, or my eldest sister, Suzanne, who's younger than I am. So a few years difference. So they would sit down and then they would listen. And through the... That's it, when you understand the value of something, you want to do it. Yes. Often, unfortunately, the way Islam is taught or what is being taught can turn people off instead of inspiring them. Amen. Yes. And uh, Islam is beautiful. Everything about it is beautiful. Amen. So anyway, everybody started doing Salah. Uh, eventually, my sisters uh, were their hijab. Uh, And then when my father came back after a a few months, he saw, it's like, what the heck is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) But he was, he wouldn't, he was good about it, you know. He, and then he, I remember after Maghrib Salah, when we opened the book, Hadith book, he would sit on the couch and just listen. Subhanallah. And I would choose the right hadith. <laughs> <laughs> Strategic thinker, right? <laughs> to, 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 uh, I, don't if, I don't know if he would listen to this podcast because I'll be worried now. <laughs> You're <giving right>? trouble. <laughs> he, I've never disclosed this. Right? Subhanallah. So then, when he was going to travel again to overseas, he said to my eldest sister, "He said, I think when I go back, uh, when I travel, I'll start salah through just listening." Allahu Akbar. And of course, he didn't, and he came back and he went to my sister. He didn't come to me, he said to her, he said, when I went overseas, I didn't start my Salah, then I saw a dream. He said, and somebody came to me in my dream and he says, get up and do your Salah. How long more are you going to keep waiting for? Allah. <laughs> said, no, that's it. Allahu Akbar. So Alhamdulillah. Allah. Akbar. So that's when I also decided I'll give up university because now Deen is it. Wow. And this is not surprising because a lot of young people might go through the same experience. I mean, so many. So my advice is always never take a serious decision like this without making istikhara and shura. Consult with not just consult with anybody, consult with the right people. So I happened to be at Holland Park Masjid one night, one of the masjids in Brisbane. And there was a brother from Sydney visiting, also named Muhammad Abdullah, Sheikh Muhammad Abdullah. If, he's li- if he listens to this, Jazahullah Khair also. Uh, he's much older than I he older than I am, but much wiser. And I sat with him and I said, you know, I don't like this place, university. I just want to give up. I just want to focus in Dean fully, you know. He said, sit down. He said, is it the university you don't like or the course that you're doing you don't like? I said, yeah, both. I used to call the university the powerhouse of ignorance. Right? It's this, <laughs> similar <laughs> to my son. <laughs> is it? Yeah, well, I hope he's listening. So he said, you know what? Uh, don't, don't do that. Don't just give up for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, people will say, look at what Dean did to him. Dean made yeah, him Deen, give up. Eywallah, blame Dean. You don't want that. Secondly, as Palestinians, all you people have is your qualifications and credentials. You don't want <laughs> your parents to see, it. again, look what Dean mm-hmm. has done. And thirdly, don't jump in deep water when you can't swim yet, you'll drown. Allah, beautiful analogy. Beautiful advice. He said, maybe just change the degree perhaps. I said, yeah, okay, I'll do the easiest degree just to get out. <laughs> From engineering, I switched to science. I did a Bachelor of Science just to exit. So I got a year and a half, two years credit. And I said, yes. "One year." But let's look at Allah Azza wa plan. <clears throat> I ended up but with- Before you
3: just, yeah. before there, I just, I really like what the viewers to understand how important good advice is. Yeah. I think a lot of our youth tend to sometimes get the wrong advice yeah. without doing the right shorter and asking the right people. Like you said, the
2: the right people. From the right people. Yeah, because they're getting the advice from this friend or this other person who's in, in within their sound realm, the, yeah, they're in the same the, ethos. Yes, exactly. They're not, they're we, not we, stepping we, outside yeah. getting They're getting advice from outside the, those the, elders. They're not so approaching it.
3: those you know, maybe their father's best friend that might have the capacity or ability, they're asking their own colleagues, Bahia. which are giving him advice with no experience. That's true.
0: Well, I, I just say, want to touch base on that. It's no, very important. It's very important. Shura, istikhara and shura. Istikhara is asking Allah after praying to rakat because these, you're making decisions of the unseen. Amen. You amen. don't know really yeah, what's going Allah. to unfold. That's why you need yeah. you need Allah's guidance, but also people who have the right skills and experience, and wisdom Amen. to consult with them. Barak. I always say to young people, it's like this. You want to buy a car, and you have you know nothing about cars. Who do you go and consult for advice on buying a car? Your friend who also doesn't know anything about cars? <laughs> then you'll buy a, a bomb. <laughs> the lemons. Sahih? <laughs> <laughs> you find somebody who knows about cars. Amen. And somebody who's tried cars. Amen. Amen. And you say you take them with you to see the car. And you do an assessment of the car Because these are the asbab And amen. our deen is a very intelligent deen And amen. Allah told us You rely on Allah, no doubt But this is a world of cause and effect And you take all the, And the ulama. they say these are sunan kauniya. These are universal laws If you follow them Then the likelihood of success is quite high Amen, amen Sahih? 100% yes. You don't And that's why one of the best definitions of tawakkul Is amal wa amal Tawakkul, reliance on Allah truly is do your best and trust in Allah. Leave the rest. That's my saying. Do your best and yeah, Allah. Allah. <laughs> leave the rest. I, yeah, that's that's, a, that's a, a, amazing. So, when I did the science degree, I ended up with two majors and one minor. Unbeknown wow. to me, that this is what's going to happen. And it's, it's interesting because one of my majors was history and philosophy of science, which is very, very, very important understand for any Muslim or young Muslim living in a Western country or in the world that we live in today, if you don't understand the history and philosophy of the sciences of today's world, then you won't be able to, uh, you won't be able to uh, uh, shape your identity In such a strong way to resist the onslaught of ideas, because there's two there's two types young people two things, uh, two factors that young people are exposed to in terms of identity crisis. I call them external factors and internal factors. Internal factors to do with our own people and our community, which we need to address as a community. Amen. Amen. Uh, External factors include things like Islamophobia, racism, etc., but ideology. Mm. Ideas. And we don't have time to do, talk about this now, but the foundation of Western, of the modern Western civilization, Europe post-17th century, the very foundation, i.e. the philosophy, is completely different to the philosophy of Islamic civilization. Yes. And that's why they went to different ways. The West went towards a very capitalistic, a materialistic, secular world right where they see the human being simply as a physical being entity with no sacredness no spirituality and so you're only good to keep an economic machinery going Mm -hmm. and your value is in your dollar sign yes what this has done unfortunately is it has dehumanized humans yes and it made morality uh, relative not absolute meaning what is what was right yesterday to today can be wrong Yes. yes. or what was wrong yesterday today is right yes, Subhanallah. but islam gives you a solid foundation Amen. to stand on i mean which is very important that's why morality in islam is absolute yeah. it's not relative there's what also is, a dual
2: morality out there it is a dual comparatively in the western non-western world and men,
0: yeah exactly so so that uh, that exposed me to a very important thing about the west their history and their philosophy And so now I became more thirsty I wanted to know, well, wow, that's fascinating And interesting, the more I practiced dean The more focused I became The better my marks were at, at Isn't university Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> when I didn't do well at school Now I'm getting the high distinctions and distinctions at the university To the point that my uh, my teachers there were saying, saying to me Why don't you do an honors degree? SubhanAllah <laughs> And
2: I did an honours degree. This is a person who failed the 11 and 12 and repeated. Yeah, well. Like, what, what a difference. Like, you know, what yeah. I mean? like what a, what a contrast.
0: And, and then they said, why don't you do, because now I'm passionate and I have, a, I'm studying for a purpose. Purpose.
2: Isn't that amazing? And it's no
0: purpose. longer about simply a career aspiration. In fact, I wasn't thinking of the career. I didn't know what I would be doing after I finish this degree. But you knew you wanted to empower yourself hundred I wanted, percent. I wanted to find out more because what most people don't realize, there is more about Western and Islamic civilization than you, than you understand. And I call it interconnectedness. Often people talk about clash of civilizations. I talk about interconnectedness of civilizations. When I finished my honors degree, uh, and I did my honors thesis on the question of misconduct in science or fraud in science, because science is a god now. Yes. Allah. And Allah Ta'ala wanted to show me that actually science is not the ultimate source of truth. Science is important because, uh, and the beauty of Islam has always been, and Muslim scholars have always argued, that that, uh, we move on as human beings, or we progress as human beings, uh, based on wahi, revelation, which is the light from outside that shines on us, and then through the aql, the intellect. intellect and Muslim scholars have always agreed that they don't conflict. In fact, the aql and the naql, or the revelation and the intellect, go hand in hand. Why? Because the source is the same, Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whenever the intellect or science seems to contradict revelation, it's either because science is not factual, or we haven't understood it properly. Because they cannot If factual science if it's 100% factual and there is a consensus by the scholarly scientific community that this is factual, like the development of the embryo and the womb, then it can never contradict revelation. Wow. Of course. 100%. Cannot. If there is contradiction, it's either the revelation you are speaking about is not authentic, <laughs> or the science you're talking about is not authentic. authentic. But if they're both authentic, they cannot contradict each other. SubhanAllah. And that was very empowering to, for me as a wow. young man. Wow. So then my, I remember my teacher said to me, uh, he said, look, you've done pretty well in your honours degree. Why don't you do a PhD?
2: So just take us back there. So you're yeah. still living at home?
0: Uh, I got married. So you got married. I... So in that
2: process, through, through education? Through
0: education. So I... it's purely, purely, purely education all the way through, yeah? All education. No work? Uh, I was working, I mean, prior to that, when I was in Sydney, I tried everything we did. We worked in a takeaway. We were doing burgers and uh, – you were the burger guys, right? <laughs> so we, did, we were doing burgers and pizzas. My eldest brother and I, we tried everything. We were selling at the time. They had the Kirby vacuum cleaner. Yes. You remember, yes. The yeah, the yeah. you remember the That's Kirby? remember the Kirby? That was the old Dyson. <laughs> yes, yes. We did a whole week course on how to do it and, you know, and we'd Say, go and – Door to door. Yeah. You did oh, the right, we did door to door. We also tried – and this is what young people need to realize. You know, life is not easy and you don't right. get to where you – you get to in, in my case or your case without having to do the hard labor yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's amazing like i just wanted to take it there because i know we're going through
2: your intellectual yes, sort yes. of your process but i think a lot of a lot of the a lot of our youngsters of hanala don't see the process that yeah like what behind. we did. you know what i mean like while studying i was working three jobs Same. you know what i mean trying to make ends meet and barely covering <laughs> petrol in my car because i couldn't afford it you know <laughs> when i when
0: i eventually got married i my wife sometimes reminds me of this she said there were days we only had 20 bucks in our pocket. Allah. When, we, when we got married, we moved into a unit. Uh, our beddings was a single mattress on the floor, a fridge that was given to us as a gift, secondhand fridge that was $100 worth. Subhanallah. Uh, the basic of the basic. And sometimes we'd have to go and borrow money. Oh, wow. you know, give me 20 bucks, give me 50 bucks, just to keep going. Yeah. Wow. Against me. But uh, I did a, we did a lot of things. So even at one stage, my brother and I, we were in Sydney streets in the early, year, in the early years working for the Blind Society. Oh, wow. Help the blind, help hey. the blind. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody gave us money, so we gave up that work quickly. So, and oh, then we worked in the... Uh, the the, the Courier Mail is one of the newspapers in, in Queensland. And uh, to find work, you had to go every Friday night just wait if they call your name you're in I did that too did you (laughs) you'd be hidden for the Herald Sun (laughs) I did it for the Herald Sun I used to wait I used to wait
2: wait outside the Herald Sun and then if if we got in (laughs) you sit there packing that's That's what (laughs) we did the inserts (laughs) the (laughs) inserts we did the same thing I used to insert all these like we should stay and it was good money good money (laughs)
1: that's
0: a killer right? (laughs)
1: amazing
2: was Friday he, he, night, I night I because remember. it was Friday night and it was a Saturday one because the Saturday always was very full it's and we used to fill it up and there was like I, some days I'd go there and I, I wait in line I was like three people away yeah and I missed out and it's like yeah
0: yeah oh well so, how you yeah. took me back yes, We did Akbar. that for about maybe two years Allah and, you Akbar. Imagine, and you know you know you go there it's Friday night and Saturday night sometimes you start from seven till four in the morning yes, standing true. on your feet Table like this, but it's stainless steel. Yes, you go and pick up the the bundle of newspaper twenty five, and then the the inserts, Insert, the, ads, yeah, the ads, and yeah. you stand like like a robot. <laughs> we were the fast. My, my brother and I, we said we were the fast- fastest guns. <laughs> we used to set the pace.
1: We used to set the pace. Hello, hello,
0: You're taking life. me back. You're taking me back. But then some mornings we we, we didn't know how we got home. Because Allah. he's so tired.
3: Subhanallah.
0: So tired, and it was good money, and Allah because we were Allah. living with my my parents, we'll give them the money. We'd we'll give them the money, you know, because mm-hmm. they're looking after us. Subhanallah. So you have to try all of that, but also that teaches you a lot of things. You know. I mean, it does discipline. Uh, discipline. So, so Allah. yeah. So this we did all of that in
2: uh, back so, in. So before we get through yeah. to that sort of, I think, take take me back. I think. Uh, through your youth, youthful right. days. I think let's just stay there for a little bit before. Uh-huh. I, I'd like to sort of for you to take us back to these, like what would be like, like pre-enlightenment, as, as you've told us, <laughs> but what was like, I'd say, one of the most difficult situations? You've been or the darkest moment you were in pre. Like, like, It affects us so differently as youth. Like, SubhanAllah, like, again, I just want to see sort of a contrast of yeah. the hardship you were facing as a younger guy what would have that been, That the darkest moment you've had as a young chap, for example? Can you share that with us?
0: Yeah, I think it was the identity crisis issue, you know, not knowing where you belong. Mm. You come to Australia 16 years old. It's a new new place, new culture. It's exciting. It's so-called freedom. You could have done anything. and uh, But then you're not sure how do you proceed, you know. So it's like it's like it's like being a square
2: peg in a round hole in a way uh, yeah absolutely you don't fit.
0: absolutely and I, as i said you could have gone could have easily gone the wrong way Savannah, could have easily gone the wrong way and and then how do
2: you contrast that back to after sort of you you started you after, know, that connectedness yeah
0: absolutely clarity confidence in my who i am firmness wow grounded purposeful uh, uh, driven Uh, uh, wanting to uh, help and uh, and that's what's been happening since then so i would say the last since that moment Mm -hmm. till now it's uh it's how do you empower others how do you and we'll talk about 9-11 and when the masjid was burned down when i was living next to it and how do you build bridges of understanding between people how do you so, yeah, it, it becomes, life becomes meaningful. Amen, I mean, I mean. amen. Uh, I could exemplify to before that awareness moment, almost you feel like a zombie. Mm. Mm. Ewa Allah. Ewa Allah. Subhanallah. A, and, and, and it's interesting because Laila, Laila. Some, I heard something interesting, one alim was saying, one scholar was saying, he says, when, I, when a person dies physically, what do we do with the body? and I asked this question to the young students in my class. What do you do with a physical body? We say we bury it. Well, some people cremate it, whatever, yeah. but we bury it. But the point is whether you bury them or cremate them, why do we do that? Why do you bury a dead physical body? Well, aside from honoring the, the deceased, if you keep it on the surface, then it'll rot, and diseases will spread, yes. right? So you bury it. So I said, imagine we bury a dead physical body so, in order to spread, stop the spreading of diseases and harming other living humans, imagine walking on the face of the earth with a living physical body but a dead spiritual heart. Wow. What is that spreading? Amen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Amen. I right? Amen. I and doesn't even know it. And that's a, that's a sad thing. It doesn't even know. It's what, it, what Islam does for you. And that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which we keep trying to increase and improve, no I doubt. Mean, I no mean, it's an endless t- process. <clears throat> Whoever I mean. says I know, he's actually ignorant. Yes. We're old students. I mean. But what Islam does for a young man or woman when they truly bring it into their life, literally it emancipates them. I mean. I mean. It literally liberates them. I mean. And it, it it makes them see the world in such a positive light and gives them, And because one of the most important values that humans need in dark times is hopefulness. Amen. And our deen is all about that. All about hope. hope. Sahih? Amen. He says Amen. If, if you're planting a, 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 a sapling a, a, and then the day of Qiyamah start, finish planting it. Amen. What? Why? The <laughs> day of judgment is starting. No, no, that's none of your business. What's going to happen tomorrow? You do what you can do now. Mean right now? Because even if you don't benefit from it, somebody else yeah, might. Yeah, yes. mean. And that is
2: that is well. Without hope, we have nothing. Subhanallah.
3: So now you've uh,
0: finished. It's uh, a PhD. But PhD. I, so I got married. and Now I'm married. Now moved away. Moved out of home. Uh, my wife is a convert. So my wife converted to Islam two years before marriage. Again, that was a big struggle, because culturally, as you know, uh, and I might say this, we want people to become come into Islam, but we don't want them to get married into our community. <laughs> 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 we want you all to become Muslim, <laughs> but don't ask for my daughter's hand. <laughs> Stay out of my circle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and sometimes, understandably, parents want the best interest for their children, and so, <clears throat> in that case, my father was opposing to the marriage. Uh, the my wife, uh, uh, Peter, her name Australian name. She chose Jauhara as a Muslim name. Allahu Allah. uh, She was struggling with her family. I was struggling with my father because, and despite the fact that I'm I'm practicing Deen, I'm trying to do the right thing. I wanted to. nafsul <laughs> yeah, want to I mean, do the I mean right thing. Temptations yeah. are there. I, I'm a young man. I don't want to fall into haram. And the best thing is to get married. Although I couldn't afford it, but Allah will open the doors of rizq. I believe that. Amen. He Amen. 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 was that. Uh, I negotiated with my father for a year and a half. Wow. wow. Even the imams would come and talk to him and the leaders of the community would come to him Because, and this is also maybe another important point, all good things need sacrifice. Amen. Time. They need time. And you need to, and I always say the process is more important than the outcome. Amen. Wow in whatever we do very good advice. make sure you take the right process there are no sh- there are no shortcuts no way right. sahih Amen. I and uh, because my the my the she became she became she went to, she went to England and I I used to write letters to her da'wah letters and she said to me that moment hit when she was she she was sitting on a mountain reading uh, a tafsir of the quran in english the last juz And she also felt that moment when the heart opened up. SubhanAllah. Came back, started putting the hijab on, practicing Islam. I sent her to a Muslim sister's house uh, to teach her Islam. Her husband, the sister's husband told me, she's a good lady, why don't you think of marriage? So I made istikhara several times. I even asked my friend to make istikhara for me Because I was I was concerned Because Allah. I knew the resistance I will get Yes, yes SubhanAllah We know that's, the resistance, don't we Yeah. The last time I made istikhara I saw in my dream Somebody come to me I don't know who that somebody is He said, how many times do you have to ask us? We told you, do, go for it Go for it <laughs> SubhanAllah Allah. I said, that's it you know? <laughs> Enough.
2: Enough You're bothering us now Hello, I Ajib, right? Allah <laughs> SubhanAllah,
0: <laughs> Subhanallah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we, we got, al- uh, Her parents were concerned That they're marrying a, An Osama Yeah you there you go, Yes And the advice she was giving That uh, You know These Muslims Their women are only Birth giving machines Allah This and that Subhanallah When I rocked up to their house Like this I even had Obama on turban on Wow And these are like <laughs> they were, She told me later she, They were all looking Through the window <laughs> Like, who's this guy coming to ask for our daughter's hand, right? It's like, oh, my God. And I was very confident. From She's from Australia or from England? Yeah, Australia. Australia. In, she was in Brisbane. Oh, wow. I, I was a very confident young man. King, king Mufasa's coming to see us. Well, probably. King. And they were, like, getting dressed up and this and that. Subhanallah. And her father, rahmatullah because he came became Muslim. Oh, mashallah. And, uh, Allahu akbar. And, uh, <laughs> so when the whole family were against an extended family because of the Wrong image about Islam. Yes. At the time, there was a stu- silly movie called Not Without My Daughter. That's and right. And there was a book. And so her mother just saw that movie and it's like, oh, my God, he's going to kidnap my daughter and take yes. her to Saudi Arabia. Or oh, my God. God. Allah. 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 And uh, she interrogated me for an hour. The mother, the father was good. God bless you, son. God, he's not a Christian or anything. He just <laughs> felt like being religious, right, <laughs> wow. when he saw me. SubhanAllah. We got married fast forward. My intention in that marriage, aside from uh, uh, protecting myself from fitna, but also giving protection for the sister who had converted to Islam, I wanted to demonstrate to her and to her family the best example. That was my intention. And I knew there'll be challenges, but I I made sure that it was purpose-driven marriage. And so it took 20 years, process, time. Wow. Oh. And in those 20 years, but before the 20 years, they had already, after the first few years, already they saw the beauty of Islam Amen. through conduct and engagement yeah. and dua. They had already been transformed as a family, and to them I became the most important human being walking on the face of this earth. No. Her uncles and her aunties and et cetera, And And she's got three sisters and one brother. And, uh, and we would always visit her family. And I say to her, and I say to new Muslims now, I have a class every Saturday morning for new Muslims. I say, never disconnect from your family. Amen. Sometimes they are given wrong advice. Mm, yeah. they kuffar, don't go. No. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's... Okay, to cut a long story short, uh, 20 years, Keith Rahmatullahi would ask me only two questions. What do you say about Jesus. And how do you bury the dead? Wow. Wow. And I'll just give a short answer. This is what we say about Isa, Jesus, alayhis salaam. This is how we bury the dead. And he would say, and he wasn't like an educated man or anything, a regular average Australian man, but very decent and wise. And he'd say, you Muslims have it right. And I think this is how I'd like to be buried. Wow. Uh, Later on, he had cancer. And uh, three months before his death, I was sitting there with him in our house. He was sitting there. I was sitting here. He was on my right. His wife Lynn was there and my wife on my left. His wife Lynn, beautiful lady. Her qualities and character before taking Shahada were like, Better than any or many Muslims Allah Akbar, Allah In her khidmah, in her service, in her humility In her ne- never backbit anybody, never slandered Subhanallah. anybody Subhanallah And loved me so much and I love her so much And uh, she kept saying to me before they came and visited Could you talk to Keith about the burial? How Muslims bury I said no, I'll never talk to him about this until he asks Allah uh, Allah Allah. So we're sitting there, you imagine the scene He raises the topic because he's got cancer and he's going through treatment. He's scared. He says, Muhammad, can you tell me about the burial? I said, yeah, da-da-da-da. I explained the Muslim burial. And then we're quiet. The lynn says, how much will it cost? I said, nothing. Won't cost you anything except one thing. What is it? I said, Keith, for 20 years you've asked me two questions, and I've answered you those questions. If you want to be buried as a Muslim, you have to be a Muslim. If you want to be a Muslim, you have to believe there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. He said, but I do. Allah. She said, me too. Allah. Allah. <laughs> they, sh- they both took Shahada. <laughs> <did that> together. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Allah, like right? Allah. He died three months later. Allah. He had the, one of the best janazas. His janazah Allah. was a da'wah Allah. Because I said to her, invite all your family and friends. So 70 non-Muslims rocked up to the janazah. We had the masjid laid out properly. The had done properly. It was a dawah for them. And they, I invited Allah. them all to the cemetery. Allah. And I said to the brothers, don't hug the grave like we do usually. <laughs> Let them see. SubhanAllah. Allah huge Allah impact on Two months later, her younger sister, Leslie, who's a nurse, she calls my, sis- my wife. She said, I want to be Muslim. Allah. My wife call- tells me, oh, she wants to be Muslim. I said, I invite them for dinner. They came to have dinner, said, Leslie, why do you want to be Muslim? She said, I have seen so many people die, but I've never seen anyone die like my father. Allah. She said that was the straw that tipped the scales. Allah. Isn't that amazing? SubhanAllah. So the point is, again, that's another important point. We living in Australia, or whether you're listening to us in England or anywhere else, the greatest dawah for us in countries like Australia is to be, a living example of Islam Amen. and living example. It's not about words. It's about action. It's about what's in the heart hits the heart. Amen. You have to have that real compassion and real rahmah Amen. towards people. Ya Allah, give people hidayah. Ya Allah, make me a means of hidayah, Amen. right? Amen. When you, I always say, when you go to the shopping and you're sitting, standing there at the checkout, as the, 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 the person serving you behind the counter is serving you and you're standing there with a smile, in your heart you make dua. Ya Allah give them me
3: Amen. SubhanAllah, I want to touch base on that. And we are in the perfect time for da'wah. I had a, a lovely lady come. She bought one of our containers, our coffee drive through containers. Her name was Rose, Italian. And she's telling me, I'm going to do a drive through coffee. I go, like, oh, fantastic. I go, I've got one across the road you can have a look at. And she's she's been in the hospitality game for over 20 years. She understands no one lets you in the back end. No one shows you their Absolutely. secrets. But she was just, just such a lovely soul. So I thought, she's all the way in more than or What have I got to lose? Show her. Because of that act, she's like, something's mm. unique here. Something's different. This is not normal practice. Sorry. And then we, and it was supposed to be half an hour I was, conversation. I was, I was in the office game. Yeah. Where's Brahim? And our it's one, been, what, yeah. been like two, three hours. And I'm thinking to myself, We've got a lot to do. To do. An hour you know, and a half later, later him. She's, she's, on the she's asked me about the dean. She's, <laughs> she's spoken about, she's saying, so, I'm, I'm, I'm a Catholic faith, but how much can we compromise before? She said, you know, first they started with the gay and lesbian marriages. We said, okay, now it's become our children have to be. She said, what does your dean say about this? And I said, it's very clear. It's very black and white. It's not that hard. She's like, are you sure? And then she asked me about Isa. Salam. This is so important. They don't understand that. Yeah, don't. We believe that he's with Allah. We believe he's the Messiah. We be- these things, they, some people think, oh, you know, with the power of internet, they do know this. They don't. wallah, they, they don't.
2: don't. Yeah, it's, uh, we,
3: we are in the right time. 2023 and, and is honestly, the right time. We, we to have
2: an obligation yeah. to Sahih. showcase that, inshallah, Amen. as Muslims. Wallah. Through amazing character. Character. Yeah, through amazing connections. Character. Through building this connections. There's so many connections that are out there. And Muslims build bridges, Sheikh Fimi said to me. He yeah. your job here in this world is to build as many bridges as possible through akhlaq. So yeah, I mean, subhanAllah. Sorry.
0: So now I've done that. Now I'm doing my PhD, second year. I'm living next to the Masjid, about a few hundred meters away. We just had our child, he's two years old. Uh the nine eleven happened. Mm. Everybody changed. changed. <laughs> everyone, rem- everyone remembers when it where it they were in 9/11. Two weeks later, the first masjid in the world to be burned down to the grounds was our masjid Allah, Allah. Allah. for a reason. Subhanal Razza. And I mentioned this is in other places. The only thing that survived was a page from al Salihin, which I used to read from every night after Isha for the community. And the hadith that remained was uh, uh, Allah, man, yeah. A strong person is not one who wrestles and defeats others But one who controls himself in times of anger Allah, Allah. Subhanallah Allah let the that only message. page
2: was left yeah. Allah left you that message It was a message Allah, Allah. Uh, so <laughs> To keep everybody steadfast Isn't that amazing?
0: It's amazing And from that moment so our reaction was Okay Were you the imam then? I, I was like an acting imam. Acting right? imam. So they, we had an imam, but he had gone on camp with the students. Subhanallah. Oh, and, uh, so I was, Allah placed you there. Yeah, Allah placed me there. And but I was already part of the community, and I've always done work with the community, fi uh, For the sake, I never sought positions, even when they're offered. I never sought to be. I never accepted to be part of a committee or a trustee, a trust, because I felt we can work for the community with the community Amen. but not work not be uh, not uh, uh, not belong to a particular yeah. affiliation yeah, we yeah. need to be for everybody yeah, 100% yeah. subhanallah uh, so that that
2: sort of catapulted you now to really yeah. rebuilding the masjid
0: well, that's right but also what that did uh, I did a first radio interview uh, it was a, my first radio interview to talk about islam all previous to that it was politics etc and uh, after the masjid was burned down and one of the after a half an hour interview the, he asked me what's the solution i said education australia needs to be educated about islam and that had a huge ripple effect so the first people to ever invite me to go and stay with them for 3 days and speak about islam in every church and every school were a people from a town called gimpi 200 kilometers north of Queensland and if you are from Queensland you'd be laughing by now (laughs) because it's a redneck town that's what I was told Uh it's a a very redneck town but they invited me to come and they said we heard your interview I'd like to invite you and speak in every church in the churches in the schools Uh or in the schools Uh uh, uh, my first one of my first talks was at the St. Patrick's College at their Cathedral they brought a thousand students, put them in the, in the indoor uh, ground, uh, uh, basket, basket, uh, hall, community hall. All the teachers were there, the principal was there, their priest was doing a prayer for the Muslims. For the Muslims. SubhanAllah. It was difficult times. Difficult Very times. difficult, subhanAllah. And I'm sitting there, and they asked me to come and speak to a thousand students. And this is the first time I stand to speak in a non Muslim gathering about Islam. Allah. Allah. What do you say now? you got a thousand students. These are, you know, high schools, you know, primary. <laughs> what do you say? And just before I started, channel, I think, seven walked in with the cameras. Allah. Uh, well. And the reporters of the Gimpy Times were there. Allah. So all the things I did in the previous years, including my somewhat deeper study of civilizations, came to my rescue. And wow. I used a very plain language But a very uh, uh, What came to be after A very powerful message And I spoke about commonalities You believe in God We believe in God You believe Allah. in heaven and hell We believe in heaven and hell You believe in angels We believe in angels You believe in Jesus We believe in Jesus But you say he's the son of God We don't say he's the son of God We say he's the messenger of God da, 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 da. Then I brought it at civilizational level I said you see these numbers Zero to nine, these are Arabic numerals. You won't be doing, you won't be able to do mathematics today if it wasn't for these numbers. It's da 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 da. There was complete silence. Because when you talk about the commonalities among humans, despite our differences, this is the, one of the most powerful ways of That's building the bridge. bridges. That's the bridge, yeah. Secondly, what I have come to learn is that one of the greatest ways of breaking down misconceptions and stereotypes, is to meet like this, face-to-face. Amy. Talk. Let me tell you who I am. Dialogue. Uh, when we finished, the students came and surrounded me, and they said, we're sorry about the burning of your mosque. Can we help rebuild it? Allah. And then the second day on the Gimp, in the Gimpy, front page of the Gimpy Times, uh, my picture in the middle of the cathedral with all the students around me, and the caption, city embraces peace message. Wow, and I haven't stopped since then. Yeah. I've, uh,
3: that would have motivated you to
2: maximize your motivation. Wouldn't can I can I ask just
3: yeah. on that? And obviously, I could see that you're always constantly seeing the signs that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is is putting, and uh, yeah. uh, as they say, uh, you know, sculpting. You know, oh, yeah. subhanallah. And uh, some of our youth tend to miss that point miss those signs, uh, miss to, to see that there is, there is hope. Absolutely. Can you just touch on that? Because obviously, tough time, mosque has been burnt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left you a message.
0: Well, that's right. It's, uh, uh, our, uh, the beauty of Islam is that it teaches us about the two most beautiful qualities of Allah, ar-Rahman and ar-Rahim, the most merciful, the most compassionate. And Rasulullah taught I us that Allah loves attafa'ul, and not tasha'um. shout optimism yes. not pessimism and to always uh, to always uh, hope and to always know that Allah wants nothing but good for you even though seemingly it may does may not look like that yes. but Allah is al-hakim He's he is Amen. the wisest al-alim he is the most knowing Allah. and so uh, as long as you have the right intention and do your best Amen. things not may, will go wrong because this is the nature of this world. Like somebody said, if you expect complete happiness in this world, then you're in the wrong place, (laughs) (laughs) man. Right? Exactly. (laughs) You're in the wrong place. So what uh, what I've learned and I always say to people, it's not about whether you will be tested. It's about how do you respond when you are tested. Your reaction. And there is only two ways we can respond when we are tested. There's no third way. One, when you're tested with ease and Allah facilitates things for you in whichever capacity, you are grateful, shukur. You will be grateful, and gratefulness is of three types. Bil qalb wal lisan wal jawarih. Through your heart you recognize this is actually from Allah. And then you can't help yourself but express that gratitude, say alhamdulillah. And then you try to do the right thing because Allah enabled you. Or Allah may test you through difficulties and hardships so so that you can grow and you meet that test with sabr patience. and patience and there is a beautiful story about rasulullah yes. when he yes. was going home and this is a sahih narration and he came by the uh, the graveyard and he saw a lady facing a grave and crying clearly she has lost somebody very dear to her so he said to her wahtasibi wa inna lillahi inna lillahi ma he says be patient and know that Allah will reward you. Allah gave and Allah took. She responded, go away. She didn't know it was the messenger of Allah. She says, leave me. You haven't been tested like I am. Allah. So he, sallallahu being who he is, the gentle, the merciful, the humble, he left her. Didn't say anything. You say, I am the Prophet, how can you speak to me like this? Do you know who I am? So then uh, people told her after. They said, oh, This was the Messenger of Allah. You spoke to him. She said, Oh my God. So she went to his house. Allah. Not, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was you. Then he t- taught her something and is teaching you, and he's teaching you, and he's teaching me and teaching everybody listening. Allah. He said something profound. He said, sabr and the Sadmatil yeah, I mean, this true patience. Is when you face when you're at the initial shock. I mean, yes. when you're first tested. That's when you display that. I mean. you they, you may not understand it, yeah, it's just, it's but nice, know. Nice. I always say, know you're in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Enjoy the ride. Amen Amen let Allah, let Allah. He's 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 controlling. He's al-Mudabbir. I mean, You know, a mother. Quickly, sorry, a mother. You know, she's got a baby. You know, our. You know, she puts her her baby on top of the wardrobe. She says, "Jump, jump, <laughs> jump, Habibi!" Done. What does the baby do? Jump. That's right. He doesn't think about the height. he doesn't yeah. think about the risk because he knows he's in good hands. Yes. Trust. let trust. Let go. Ameen. You just have hope do amen. your best have the right intention do it for allah amen amen and know that allah ta'ala he look after you amen amen amen, amen. And
2: subhanallah allah subhanahu ta'ala has done with you throughout this journey that we are yeah, seeing subhanallah allah, allah, akbar. allah akbar May allah bless you Subhanallah,
3: we had the blessing to be with you and get to know you properly subhanallah, subhanallah. Allah. Allah, and, allah, and i know
2: we know that your your journey is still as you said to me, you're a student and, yeah. you're, and you're still going, and mashallah, you're doing yeah. amazing things. And alhamdulillah, mashallah, like, you know, it's amazing to see all the amazing work you're doing currently. Within the community, we saw it, you know, the uh, education award that we were yeah. together yeah. a few a few weeks ago, mashallah. There's so much we haven't touched base inshallah. on. Inshallah we, we, inshallah, we have, to 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 have podcast have number two, number two. We, we, in have, we have to have a second, inshallah. inshallah. A, we, really, a second. we want to dive
3: into obviously the yeah. your media. <laughs> Which is important and Which so is that, important and, you know, For the some and, and
2: mashallah You're doing some amazing stuff But inshallah Due to the time restraints, We will Inshallah
3: mashallah, wrap mashallah. it up Zakumallah, guys ma- Don't forget to subscribe Hit the like button Share Comments Inshallah If anyone would like to reach out To the Sheikh as well Inshallah We'll put it on our On yeah. our pages inshallah.
2: inshallah Anybody is interested in Also if they want to find you on, Online
3: yeah, There's me. also
2: um, Which is SA
0: UniSS Uni, So you can you, go to University of South Australia Website Centre for Islamic Thought And Education we also have a YouTube channel called True Faith, but also uh, you can find many recorded uh, lectures on a website called Back to the Fitra. Beautiful. <laughs> <Allah>. <laughs> <thank, Allah. Thank you very much.